This is the 90 Days Later podcast with me, Anna Charles. This is episode number seven. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi everyone, Anna here again, coming to you with the 90 Days Later podcast, tips and tools and slices of wisdom to help you as you go about your journey of achieving freedom around alcohol. So today I want to talk about unrealistic expectations and I find these crop up a lot when talking about you changing the drinking habit. So let's first take a look at some of the expectations that we have of ourselves, and these are self-inflicted a lot of the time. So I hear people say, you know, they're sick and tired of thinking about drinking. That was a huge one for me, right? Every single day, it's gonna be different. No, no, again, I'm thinking about drinking. And that comes with its twin, which is you're sick and tired of letting yourself down. And this, I think, can feel even more intense if you are uh, an A player, you know, if you're a high achiever in many other areas of your life from whether, you know, very well adjusted family, you've got a great job or whatever it is, whatever goals you've set yourself in life. And this can make it even harder that for you when you feel you're not where you want to be with your drinking. And for me, it certainly was the case. It was almost as though, you know, there was a blind spot that I had around drinking. And when I analyse this, I found that I have a lot of shouldism going on. So what is shouldism, I hear you say? So these are all the should thoughts. And if you find yourself wallowing around in these, then that is a sign of danger. So how does this manifest itself? You think things like, I should be able to do this by now. I should be able to drink less by now. I should be able to learn from my mistakes. I should be able to do what I said I was going to do. I should be able to walk away and not put my hand out for the drink. I should be old enough to know by now. And on and on it goes. Now these should thoughts, this is the way our brain goes about, I think, setting expectations for ourselves. Yeah, so we want to drink less, so we should be able to do that. But in doing this, we're not taking into consideration all of the circumstances that we are dealing with at that time. So, for instance, on a normal day, a should statement can actually, could be positive, in fact, it can motivate us. You think things like, okay, I should fill up the car with petrol so I don't run out on my way home from work. But on a day that isn't when things aren't going so well, perhaps when you're feeling somewhat overwhelmed, that should thought can feel paralyzing. For instance, it could turn out as, I should be able to not drink tonight because that's what normal people do. Or I should be able to have a good time without drinking, even though I don't know how. This shoulding ourselves can be a killer because what we're doing is we're judging ourselves on false statements. Why are they false? Because we are comparing ourselves and thinking everyone else can do it better or faster than us, or even that we think there's a certain way to do it to get it 100% right and we just don't know how. So a should statement stops being helpful when it stops creating that motivation and it starts creating expectations that we cannot, in that moment at least, achieve. And if this is happening to you, a should statement is 
often a clue that you're subjecting yourself to unrealistic expectations. What plays into this, why it's kind of easy for us to lapse into this is past experience and past failure. In that we allow ourselves to be coloured and even directed by our past experience. And in many ways, this is how we are structured in other areas of our life. Okay, it's how society functions. So at school, you study these modules, then you take this exam, then you go into this school, then you do this, right? You, you build on your past, whatever you've done in your past, you then take that and move forward. This is also how we handle beliefs. Beliefs are passed down um, from what our past, you know, from our experience, from our family. If we say things like we're over drinkers in our family, it's how we are. And we say that because that's what we've seen in the past, right? We've seen and we've been taught that in our family, people over drink. This is why looking to our past experience and indeed our past failures can kill off any forward progress when you're trying to change your drinking habit. So how have I seen this play out? Let's say you have a go at cutting back and you succeed for a bit. Yeah, you manage to pass up the extra glasses of wine, but essentially you're using your willpower. And as we know from a previous podcast, that doesn't work in the long term. So then, you know, things end up grounding to a halt and you, you have a drink, you feel bad and now you feel even worse, right? But we see that this is us failing and we we explain it by saying well we've never been able to do it before which means and then we move that into the future right we project it forward as something that we won't be able to do rather than seeing that what we're actually doing to ourselves is we're setting an unrealistic expectation we don't appreciate that we don't yet know how to reduce our desire for drink without feeling resistance we don't even maybe see that this is a skill set we have to learn or we need to learn. Instead, we mark ourselves down and label ourselves as being useless, right? And instead of stopping to figure it out and to learn the skills that we would require in order to be successful at changing how we view drinking, no, instead of doing that, we just double down and make ourselves feel worse. It's a bit like a gambler on a losing streak. Let's say they've lost $100 and instead of saying, okay, I probably need to slow down or stop or change how I'm, what I'm doing here, say, no, 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 I'm just going to need to, just need to keep going and put down 200 to recoup the losses. You know, this, this is going to, this is going to work itself out somehow, cross fingers, I hope so. And that's what I see a lot with people who want to change how they drink. They're setting these unrealistic expectations of perfection in fact and that's driving fanciful behavior which then just pushes you back into when when you do fall over to saying well you know I'm useless I can't do it and that's because we attach meaning behind our thoughts and this is especially tricky when it comes to these expectations that we that are really very unrealistic we think things like I have no off switch when it comes to the white shabbly. We think things like, why can't I figure this out? Which, by the way, is a terrible question. It's a negative question, right? Driving a negative answer. We think things like, I'm old enough to know by now what to do. And when we think these things, we attach meaning to these thoughts. We believe that these thoughts are the truth. We go around repeating them. We go around saying, I should be old enough to know by now, should be old enough to know by now. So every time we fail, we think the thought and then we feel even worse than ever. It's not going to be driving us to create positive 
action. But we take these thoughts and we create routines around them. We end up, you know, saying and repeat trotting out these same old refrains every time. We make them part of our life. But then we don't stop there. To make it even worse, we compare and despair. We send, say things like, well, everyone else can do this. My friend Sarah can do this. She can just drink her glass of wine and say that's it and she's had enough for the night. But by comparing like this, you're using another person to make yourself feel bad. Not only are you saying, I can't do this, right, which is, which is kind of bad enough, but you're saying, I can't do this and she can, with the subtext being there must be something wrong with you. But the weird thing I always find in this situation is that all those thoughts we're having about the other person are positive, right? So I'm saying my friend Sarah, she can just drink one glass of wine and then walk away. And instead of enjoying those, these positive thoughts for that person, instead of thinking it's so great that she can do that, you know, she really knows her stuff, you end up using those thoughts against yourself, i.e. why can't I do the same thing, which then make you feel terrible. This all makes no sense, right? It's not a competition. It's not a case of needing to go around comparing and despairing. One of the side products or side effects of unrealistic expectations is disappointment failure, which wears you down and can be incredibly painful. Now, let's say you've been drinking for years and maybe you've been through this cycle of trying to give up quite a few times, maybe even a couple of times a year. You keep trying to make the change and it's not working. So then the next time you become even stricter with yourself. I should have been able to stop by now, as I said earlier, and here's the rider. So now I need to work even harder to achieve it in less time, right? We seem to think if we get tougher on ourselves, then that will work when nothing else has so far. Our already unrealistic expectations become even more unrealistic. And then eventually what happens is that our brains convince ourselves that there's safety and disappointment right? They'll kind of stop trying, that our brains will think that somehow it's better to feel disappointed now than to have hope and to risk potential disappointment if the thing we want doesn't happen. We say things like, sure, it would be good to be able to drink less, but I guess it's not such a big deal that I can't. And we do this because we're afraid. We're afraid that the change might not happen that we might not be able to have the, those habits that we want. We're afraid that we're just the type of person that has this drinking struggle full stop. And we're afraid to feel excited about being able to change our drinking habit only to be let down one more time when it doesn't happen. All of this has the effect that we become hesitant to let ourselves go all in because if we believe it's possible and we get excited, then the following disappointment of it not happening would be just far too much for us to handle. In short, we don't want to fail. So we talk ourselves out of trying and we talk ourselves therefore out of risking the potential disappointment that could come up if we fail. We creatively come up with excuses that seem super legit. We don't let ourselves get excited. We don't hope for better. We don't try. We don't risk failing. But also we don't risk winning because we have creatively decided to go ahead and feel disappointed now, right? We're choosing right now to feel the emotion we fear the most. 
Feeling disappointment when you try to accomplish something and it doesn't work out is totally normal. It's part of the game. But unnecessary suffering is feeling disappointment because you're afraid that it might not work out. Why put yourself through this? This is how you spend years experiencing a massive amount of unnecessary suffering. It's pain without payoff. It's pain with a guarantee of more of the same and it's totally pointless. And it's all because we're setting unrealistic expectations for ourselves. Expectations that we pulled out of a hat based on what we think we should be able to do. We make unrealistic expectations all the more worse by bringing to bear a heavy dose of judgment into the mix, right? We aren't drinking as we want to or even as we believe what is normal, so we feel shame. And then we think things like, am I an alcoholic? even when you know you aren't. And you're thinking this because you're thinking and judging your behaviour as not being normal. This creates embarrassment. You imagine people are going to be talking about you. You're going to be worrying about what your behaviour says about you. Which means that every drink you have, you don't even really enjoy because you're layering on all this judgment. It's a bit like eating a slice of high calorie cake, right? You know it's going to put lots of calories into your body that you don't even enjoy. You're putting rubbish into your body for nothing. It's pointless. But when you stop judging yourself, you can strip it back and look at what's driving the action, which will always be how you're thinking about yourself. Now in all of this, I'm not talking about dumbing down your goal. Having a goal that's big, having a goal that perhaps even feels impossible is not something to shy away from. Growing and that growth and experiencing that is all about, I think, the, the, the core of the human experience. Now, what I'm talking about is changing how you approach the goal. Stop assuming failure is going to happen and stop trying to avoid failure. Life isn't always what we wish it to be. But the times when our expectations aren't met are the times when we get to learn the most about ourselves, right? It's the process that we go through that drives the change. Now, here are four approaches that work when you're faced with unrealistic expectations and you you want to keep moving forward. First, remember that you aren't your past self. Just because you haven't figured out how to do it yet, how to quit the drinking or, or not drink or stop feeling the desire for the drink, that's okay. Instead of trying to avoid the feeling of failure around this, take this as a sign that you just need to keep on going. Because to create something new in your life, someone once said this to me and it really resonated, to create something new in your life, you need to do something you haven't done before, right? So you, you can't achieve this based on what you've achieved in your past. There's no age limit on this, by the way. Just because you're 55 or 60 or whatever, and you still can't drink what you say you will, okay. You just haven't learned how to yet. I tend to find that when it comes to overdrinking, and in fact, overeating as well, we tend to expect that we should just know what to do. Right. So in the case of drinking, well, it's obvious what you do. You just don't pick up the drink. But that's really oversimplifying it. If you spent years teaching yourself to do the opposite, so you spent years drinking when you don't want to drink, then there's going to be work to do. 
Because not only haven't you managed to successfully achieve your goal before, you haven't been able to you know, moderate the drinking to, to how you want it to be, you've actually been doing the opposite. So you could argue you're not starting from square one, but perhaps square minus 10, right? So anyhow, remember you aren't your past self. Just because you haven't figured it out yet, it's okay. Another approach to take when you find yourself faced with unrealistic expectations is to not expect instant results. Think about when a child is learning to write, say you've got a child, you don't expect that child when they first pick up the pen to be able to write fluently and correctly grammatically a great long essay. No, think about if you were to learn to fly a plane, it would take many, many hours of practice to do so. This all sounds so obvious, but we don't always take this approach for areas of a life when we think we already should know how to do it, right? There's that should word again. And this just piles pressure on ourselves. I hear this a lot also in people who want to lose weight. They say, I know I need to eat less and I know I need to move more, but still I put weight on, right? There's, there's knowing the thing and applying the thing and expecting that just because you know it, it means you know how to do it. Now, this is one of the key elements of my program, the practicing and keeping going without losing enthusiasm. I set a container of 90 days around the work I do with my clients in order to permanently rewire my clients' thoughts about drinking for life, right? We often achieve their goal way before the 90 days, but then I think those additional days are really important that time to practice the new skills in the real world. I'm on call to help with my clients when they're at events or when they're in challenging situations to handhold and guide them through this so that they can learn from themselves and practice and learn some more. The third approach that can help when faced with unrealistic expectations is to just accept the possibility of failure. This is massively important. This is a massively important way to change your approach. If you want to be good at something, you have to be willing to be bad at it too. And when you do this, when you embrace not getting what you want at first, when you're willing to feel all the feelings that will come up, things like shame, judgment, humiliation, when you accept where you are and then you accept that you're willing to work towards more right towards really getting what you want to achieve you will feel abundant you will give yourself permission to keep going rather than stagnating in the quagmire of those all those negative feelings you'll tell yourself things like it's just an unfinished story it's not that I can't it's just that I don't know yet and all of this is a reason why I created my signature coaching framework that I use with all my clients, comprising the three pillars of intention, courage, and commitment. And this I use as the backbone to help my clients achieve their goals. We work to create an intention. This is a goal or a thought we want to think or a result we want to create, right? We, we establish what it is that we're going towards. We'll work through all the stuff that comes up, all the I can't do it, it's impossible, I've tried before and failed, all those thoughts, all the feelings that go alongside this, right? All the humiliation and fear and anxiety and what if it's not going to work? And we rework that so that we aim for courage, right? We bottle those feelings and we aim for courage, the courage to just give it a go. And then we work along the lines of the third pillar, commitment to not give up 
This doesn't mean you will succeed each time, right? But we'll look at what you did, we'll look at what didn't work, we'll look at what did work, and then we'll adjust and try again and repeat and repeat. Intention, courage, commitment. So in summary, watch out for unrealistic expectations. Don't have them as an excuse for why you should give up on your dream of feeling more freedom around alcohol. But don't expect you'll be able to make the changes you want to make in an instant. Because it's not about papering over what you want to change, but it's about looking at the roots and building permanent change from a strong base. It's about proceeding with intention, it's about acting with courage, and it's about staying the course with commitment. This is how I transformed my experience around alcohol and this is how my clients do it too and this is open to you too my friend. Now if you want to start taking action straight away I have a free masterclass prepared to help you stop over drinking and the link for this is right there in the show notes. Okay thank you so much for listening please do rate and review and share with someone you love And if you have any questions, you can reach me at Anna at 90dayslater.co. I'll see you next week. If you want to achieve total freedom around alcohol fast, having a coach is the way to make it happen. So I'm inviting you to a discovery call to see if we'd be a good fit. This is a completely free of charge, no strings attached call. You can sign up in the show notes or by emailing Anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.